Charles Noe. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 542. Jason Lingren is with me and Derek Condit returns. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about reincarnation today. Seems to be like a growing topic. I see a lot of books and uh, actually I've seen a number of clips of people talking about it. And these near-death experiences seem to be very popular on YouTube, have been for some time. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a lovely good morning. Let's just jump in. Welcome back, Derek. I appreciate you guys having me back. Thank you. I was going to actually break down uh, the episodes you've been on. So here goes nothing or here goes something. Uh, The last time was 476, then 426. Episode 302 was Derek. Episode 240, and the first time you showed up with us was episode 225. Anyhow, how have you been? Uh, I've been uh, been busy, doing a lot of things. Uh, really thrilled to be back with you guys, because we always get into some interesting topics. Well, folks should know that you provide the giveaway that we do, but why don't you tell folks where they can find you and your work and contact you, all that. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. My main website right now is mysticalwares.com. And and that's where you can basically find everything that I'm into, the various podcasts, a lot of the Shungite stuff that we've talked about before, my latest ventures going on. But yeah, I appreciate that. And then that's where you can also we've linked to the various Crow episodes where I've, I've been on the podcast. So we share those as well. Yeah, you know, I wear Shungite all the time now. I have like a medallion that I wear around my neck. It's a flower of life medallion. I think it's uh, laser etched, uh, but I wear it every day. As a matter of fact, when I get into the day and I realized I haven't put it on, I feel like I'm missing. Um, There's something to the Shungite. And also uh, in my just water, I keep a big chunk of Shungite as well. So every day when I drink, there's a big chunk of Shungite. But we want to start here. Yeah, I mean, we could just jump right in because the topic, you know, of course, was reincarnation. And you mentioned um, that comes by different terms. I'll also, I have no formal background training on this and that thing. So I don't come from any set belief systems or um, understandings. For those who don't know, some societies that call people like me a seer, I can, I like the word person. Um, so I, I blend intuition with etheric sight, you can say. And that's where I kind of stumble sometimes because I don't have some of the terms that are maybe out there or used, but that's also a good thing because then I come at it from a fresh perspective. And that's why I was kind of excited about today because I had no, again, training in this. So a belief system, and I've done, I don't know how many hundreds of sessions now where I do them promotion and I get to perceive and I see them a, and I like the term spirit guides. And I'm bringing this up for a reason. I know we're talking reincarnation, but during these sessions, when I do this and these different individuals come in and then, and let's, I'll I'll give an example of what I'm getting at here. So let's say I'm doing a session and somebody asked me, well, what was my past life? So I, I started perceiving that and I could intuit it so I could tune into it. And here's kind of the, the part that caught me off guard. When I started doing that occasionally, and it didn't happen every time. When I would remote perceive, I got some years from rain, that individual in their other lifetime is what I'm saying here. So, not they would sometimes be aware that I'm perceiving them. So, what I'm saying is in 3D here, I'd I'd had that person again, either on computer or physically in front of me in my office. I look off to the right, and I don't know why it's that way, but it is. And then that's where I get the visual, the physical part of this reality 
kind of gets hazy and the metaphysical, the other 90% kind of tunes in. And that's a whole nother podcast in itself. But when I do that, I get to perceive the other lifetime. And what I was saying was that person eventually, occasionally would turn around and look back at me. They would realize I was looking into them on another life. So that got me, I started realizing it because when I started doing this, I wasn't issued some psychic manual with all the instructions or how to do this. Actually, I would have thrown it away anyway, um, because I'm all about just jumping in the kitchen and trying to cook as an analogy. So that's what I would do. And then if the person in front of me, another to expand on this example, was aware that they were intuitive, and everyone is, by the way, but if they were aware of it, doesn't mean they were psychic and were doing readings, this, that, and the other, but they knew they had good gut instincts that they should probably follow. That's another way of saying it. That individual with that mindset, and it's happened many, many times now, often in that other life, again, would realize I was perceiving them. So that, and I could interact with them, communicate. And it was that same person. So then I started realizing, well, wait a minute. If this is a, you're born, you're, you're living in, this is years ago now. So, um, and I kept expanding it from there, realizing that, well, that doesn't quite make sense if I'm able to actually communicate with the same individual entity. I'll just use the term to like entity because we're light entities having a physical experience, an incarnation. But I realized we're not limited to that because that other, oh, actually, there's a good description of this. Um, I think it's in all the Marvel movies nowadays, multiverse, and they, they spin it through different ways and different terms on it. But that's a pretty good description of what happens. And again, I went out not knowing that. So then I would communicate with that other lifetime. And during the session, you know, I have to wrap my head around all this because I didn't expect when I was remote perceiving or remote viewing the past, I'm throwing air quotes here, the past life of this person. The last thing I thought I was going to watch, uh, I'll call it an etheric movie, a visual where I get to see parts and pieces, hear some stuff. It's just a, a, a mix match. Sometimes it comes in differently. But again, that's when I had that aha moment or epiphany going, whoa, wait a minute, that one. And then we interacted and it varied per person, of course, um, on how, where they were or in that. And I like to term it concurrent life. So it's more like video on demand, like Netflix, one of those systems. Um, when I would perceive another lifetime, it would come in like that, but they're all running at once. So I'm still, you know, wrapping my head around it as well. And then having these limited terms to explain it. But that was the thing that I kind of stumbled on. And I'm sure there's lots of different ways of describing that, but do I need to elaborate on anything I've said so far? Because I know I'm kind of jumping in the deep woo-woo here. Well, I'm going to take it that there's no handbook for the recently deceased. So do you think you're actually interacting with literal time? Like, is time changing when you're perceiving and interacting with someone's past self? Like, let's say they're in the 1800s and it's 2023. Or is this more on a spiritual level, like an energetic level? It's kind of not necessarily specifically connected. Like, if you connected or remote perceive someone who's a famous historical figure, you couldn't technically altered time that would affect the present, right? It would depend on that person on the other end's understanding. So when I've done that, it's like, okay, I'll just, again, have to use the terms I got here. Tune in to that time. And there's air quotes again behind the scenes. And it's that time. So it's not like I'm watching a replay because time, of course, isn't a thing anyway. It doesn't exist. It's just a way, and that. it's a way for us here to describe things and put it in linear, linear fashion. And really to start, the person has to realize when it into it in it, we have that epiphany or aha moment, like I said, that's not a thing. So it's not part of your recipe. 
And then you're not limited by that anymore. And there was, that's literally how I started doing it more when I realized, go, wait a minute. And then it got stronger because I wasn't distracted by that limitation. Or I always use cooking analogies, of course. So that ingredient that was distracting that wasn't real anyway. So if I remote perceive to somebody through call time, they're aware in their as well. I've done this. Yeah. I was going to talk about more talking time. So I've done, I've done this in here and now with another psychic tuned into them. And literally they picked up on me there and saw me and perceived me out of, out of time. So maybe a week earlier, it's hard to describe. So wait a minute, someone from the past you're interacting with it. Yes. And I was told about it in the current, if that makes sense. Well, the point I guess I'm getting at is there's, you know, one of the things I'm not big on a lot of the theoretical nonsense I see coming from physics, Mm -hmm. but maybe 20, 30 years, there was this idea that they illustrated where the past, the future, and now is just like a frame out of a film and they would line them all up and they would go at it that way. But my point is in that way of thinking, if the past has already happened, then it's just, it's a record, right? It's nothing more. It's unchangeable, but interacted with someone from a previous time, then that's not true. See where I'm going here? I do. And that gets sticky because it's not, it's more like that piece of film folded over itself rather than continuing that way. So it can, it's tuning in. It's just like literally thinking you have a, you know, FM radio in here. Um, You know, you can tune in any, any genre of music you want. It's all there no matter what. So it's just a focus thing. So it's, it's such a difficult thing to describe because I don't have the language either. Um, But time is just, it isn't a thing from my perspective when I do my sessions and try and remote perceive. Um, So I'm even trying to describe how I did it with that other uh, psychic on where I had thought about it beforehand. And it's really just a focusing about him in the past and then he had the realization, realized it was me. It's really a difficult thing to talk about because there's no concrete way to do it. So I think our best way here, well, one point I can say is, and I don't know if you guys are aware, but there have been, I don't know how many researchers on this particular case and other ones like it to where, and, and people can look this up later too, to where there's been three-year-old kids who have you know, been born with a certain scar here or there, or I'm, I'm sorry, birthmark here, there, wherever. Um, and they, and three-year-olds is this particular one I'm talking about. And he started talking about how he died, how, where he died, how he did this and the other. And then it was re- even the city or not the city it was a, uh, like a province somewhere in the middle East. And then they located it and it goes, I'm not going to bore you with the whole story now because I don't have it in front of me, but there's a lot of these research and studies that have had articles written on them were these young children who are just not at that state of awareness yet to where they're thinking that far out, making up a story. They're just literally saying, well, I did this, that, and the other. And then they're verified in many ways. I've actually experienced versions of that. In Buddhist traditions, there's an idea that when a child is, I think they draw the line somewhere like five years old, that they have some memory of where they've just come from before they were born. And what's interesting is I had a nephew or have a nephew when he was very young, my wife, her sister, her husband, and our nephews all went to the Queen Mary. We had a separate room and the youngest nephew at the time who had just begun to speak well, so he was three or four, came into the room with us 
And he looked around and he sat down and he said to us something to the effect of, I was in this room with my other mom. And interestingly enough, at the time, I was studying Buddhism and Indian traditional spiritual ideas. And so I took seriously what he was saying. I go, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, my other mom. And I said, you mean your mom that you have now? And he said, no, my other mother. And there was something to do with the picture on the wall. But the way it happened, it was clear that there was actually, truly something had just gone on there. And uh, we pursued it. We went around looking at the old pictures. There was something to do with the picture. But here's here was my problem, Derek. When I was in my 20s, I was very into the idea of a past life. So at the time, way back then, what people were doing was going to someone who hypnotized you. They do pre, I think they call it past life regression or something. As I was looking into this, I started losing my, you know, I, I didn't really want to do it because I kept finding these people claiming, oh, well, I regressed this person and they were Cleopatra. And I'm like, well, you know, everyone, everyone's famous, you know, in their past life. It just, what I was hearing was putting me off it. Then a little bit later, when I was doing other research, I found from spiritual people who were very adept, who said you should never allow yourself to be hypnotized. And they described why that was, and it made perfect sense to me. So long and short of it, I never went down that road. But to bring it up to where we are, the near-death thing, have you noticed the commonality? Like if you go and listen to like 10 near-death people who are describing, there is so much commonality in what they're saying. You know, I used to go into this wondering, is this person making up a tale? But if you listen to a lot of them, there's absolutely a commonality. Anyhow, I don't know where the heck I'm going with all this. But the point is, uh, it sounds like you absolutely accept that we are reincarnated. So I've got to ask, do you feel like everyone that's listening to this, when they die, is it like an automatic thing? Are we coming back here? Uh, that was a big question. That's going to go on a lot of angles. Oh, yeah. The reincarnation thing is a thing. It is. And how it works that. But now the automatic thing, there's, that can, well, that opens up to a lot of things. And then, by the way, it's not that there's, and I've, preempt um, to the show, I started, you know, I Google us, a reincarnation, because I want to get a, a vague idea of what people were thinking. I saw everything from, yeah, start as a, a weed in the grass, and you get a promote to a butterfly, and then you go through, and I heard all kinds of stuff out there. None of that was accurate from my perspective. And we can get back on that if we need to. So let me interrupt. Do you think there's anything to, I'm sure you're familiar with the idea of the book of the, dip, the book of the dead, the Tibetan version, where I think it's 49 days you spend in the in-between, the bardo. Does any of that ring true to you? It does, but it also depends on the person's understanding or belief when they pass. And I also saying in that comment before that you can't come back in as a butterfly if that's what you do. I was just, and you can, I was just saying, because that's just a vehicle. I was just saying that that's not a, a set rule that happens. So I've seen it in all sorts of ways. And some people get stuck in, well, what was the term? Purgatory. And I know there's different versions of that. So I've had done sessions where, remember, I have no understanding of all this. I haven't been taught this in the past. I've been a busy guy. My life started doing the, again, what I call the woo-woo, the, the mediumship, the psychic thing. And then the site turned up more. So then I would see a, someone come for sessions, what I was going to say. And then they tell me so-and-so family member or friend passed, or sometimes they wouldn't even say, and the person would be behind them. And what I'm getting at, sometimes 
I would tune into, or I still call it remote perceived because it doesn't matter if you're incarnate or not. I'm tuning into the light being that we are. It's the entity. And I would see them in some, I'll call it a movie, something they were imagining. Because I, my ears are going off now. When I perceive what people call auras or biofields, um, I can see the change in it when they start to use their imagination. And that's a thing as well. Um, so then I would see that person I was tuning into running stories through their head. And often it would be something maybe they were taught in this life and no religion or some club they were in, who knows. And they believe they had to go through a certain scenario. I've seen it other ways where people will realize, nope, it's all BS. It's all story time. And then they become aware right away. And I get to chit chat with them. And that's the mediumship part I do. A number of traditions say exactly what you just said, where if you were raised Christian, when you go across, you may see Jesus. Whereas if you were raised in some other spiritual tradition, uh, the things you experience would relate more closely. In other words, it's the idea, or I guess I accept it's the idea of what's in your mind is going to shape, you know, your experience, your past experiences, your memories, and your own mind are going to shape the way you perceive as the transition occurs. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly how I've seen it as well. And so it's not, yeah. And it's, I've, I've in the years, you know, heard so many stories or seen the movies where they say you have to do this, that, and the other, and nothing is a have to, unless like we were just saying, you believe it because our imagination and emotions are what affect 90% of this reality. That's the metaphysical, our physical bodies affect the physical 10%. Um, I just kind of say, you know, suggest to people, don't get stuck in any story down here. And I call them all stories. So it doesn't matter where you come from. You've come from, you know, the East, the West, uh, and wherever. There's different stories. And a lot of them kind of carry over and, and match up for a reason as well. But I just have a realization. It's, it's hard to, to really describe it. But yeah, you know, you said automatic. So it's not an automatic thing. But do you have the option? Yes. And I'll tell you what. Animals, trans, they um, trans... What was I read? Transmigration. So, but the reincarnation thing, a whole lot quicker than humans sometimes. So I've seen that happen. And what I'm does like, that mean? So, okay. A lot of people have cats. So a lot of people have cats here in the West. So I get a lot of those people coming in saying, you know, kitty so-and-so has passed over. And I'm like, well, I don't know. You know initially, and I'm years into it now, look, and I'm like, well, let's see. And all of a sudden you can communicate. And the animal telepathy is a thing. That's been shown by scientists before, just human to human Entity telepathy. It's we're, what we have to get our heads around is we're not the vehicle. So it wasn't a cat I was talking to or communicating with. It was a light entity. Again, having a, a cat experience in this case that we're talking about, but often we're talking humans. So once they transition, die, they're, they're that light entity again. So they literally can choose their forms. I've seen them change um, their, I'll just say visual what they're wearing just to get me to comment on it to the person in front of me. Cause usually the, the client in front of me, you know, they're not, they're feeling stuff usually and getting gut instincts, but often they don't have the sight. So they're not like seeing much and you don't have to either, by the way, it's actually really distracting. Um, your emotions, those random welling up sensations around your heart chakra, though in the ringing in your ears, usually your left ear, that's a thing that we should all be listening to. And then in those moments, open up your imagination. I didn't say steer it, just let it be open. That's a frequency, by the way. And then you'll get the input. And that's how people can do the whole psychic thing. Again, we all already are. Um, so it's not automatic that you come back in, 
but it's a choice. So it's it, it can go lots of directions from there. I don't remember if you asked something else. Go ahead. Well, it's interesting because everybody's aware, like, you know, remember when, Jason, remember when the channel got taken down? It was episode 77. Everyone had fallen for the Mandalay Bay false flag. And uh, we showed that it was uh, act one, scene one, you know, the the witches in the desert with the demon familiar. And that's why I'm bringing this up. And, and that kind of black magic-y, the demon familiar, I think it's supposed to be a toad, but the name was Paddock. That was the shooter's name. The scene opens up anyhow. So we're doing this. The reason I'm bringing this up is because the idea of the familiar, who remembers the old Kim Novak movie with Jimmy Stewart? Uh, sheesh, what's it called? Bell Book and Candle, right? The cat is a familiar because Kim Novak is playing a witch. So it's commonly known if you read old things that certain animals would be familiars because of the spiritual. I guess, connections they can make. But I always had a problem with the Buddhist idea that, you know, they used to, I see, I would read things where some supposed gurus telling someone, you don't squat like this because you can be reincarnated as a frog. And I'm like, come on, man. And so finally, I met a guy who was supposedly a recognized reincarnation called a tolku. And I asked him, once you're a human being, can you be, is, do you accept that you can be re reincarnated as an animal? And he said, no, he said, that's kind of like a scare trick tactic kind of. And actually he used the description as the way the Catholic church uses, you're going to go burn and, you know, brimstone and fire. So I got to ask you, once you're at the level of a human being, do you feel like you could regress and become like a grasshopper or something? Uh, I've never seen something like that and I have not seen everything, but not, not so much. I think it's a different, I would say, I guess I don't like level cause that gets you thinking that there's higher or lower, but a different type of being that chooses those vehicles, the grasshopper, the, this, that, and the other, cause I've communicated with, this is going to really go out there trees. And of course, you know, I didn't know that they could, and it was straight up telepathy from a tree. I have no idea if that's been talked about or put out in any book anywhere. It was a, a massive redwood, and it's happened much more since then, but a massive redwood for the first time in Northern California. I was literally tucking a piece, well, a piece of our cosmic silver shungite, the shungite I tumble in silver, tucking it. It wasn't a show for anybody. There was people around, nobody knew what I was doing. Tucked it in the bark of the tree. And there was a 27 foot diameter on this tree. It was a big tree. So, and then all of a sudden, heart chakra activates, lights up. I'm like, what? and I'm not a, you know, a, a guy that like breaks down a lot. Um, so it just had, I had no choice there, but I got activated as my ears are going off again right now. I mentioned a few times in this show. And then all of a sudden, a communication from the tree, not even, I'm like, how is this tree even talking to me? But that happened. Uh, and that was, a, I guess it's typically called a download. And that wasn't a, it was a group of some kind. It wasn't an individual like you know sitting inside the tree um and i can't really explain it much more than that. i'm sure there's probably i know there's books on on trees but it was a group communication from whatever type of entity uses the vehicle of trees um is the best way i can put it uh, the the druid the whole church was in in you know groves i think it was supposed to be oak groves maybe but the point i would make is how many times have you seen the account of the spiritual seeker seeking under a tree and for that matter the cathedrals 
I was just talking to Jason about this the other day. Are you aware that the cathedrals have almost as much cathedral underground as you see above ground? And that is the, I, I mean, the tree is the natural example of that, right? It's almost like the tree's root system. Like if you could just snap your fingers and have all the dirt and everything in the tree exposed in front of you, you would see all the organism below the ground that grounds it, that earths it. Well, cathedrals are using an idea like that. For that matter, we, Jason and I were talking about dolmens. That was a similar thing. They used to try to always say that they were burial, you know, all the mounds. Oh, they buried someone there. No, they didn't. Those dolmens, for one thing, the rocks with the huge rocks put on top of them, the rocks that hold up the huge rocks have been put under stress. And so that has to do with resonant vibration. And underneath the dolmens is like water sources or things like this. And that was true of the cathedrals. That's how the cathedrals were built. And the reason I'm bringing all this up, because it occurs to me that a tree is the natural example of spiritually whatever's going on there. Oh, I'd have to agree. I mean, you know, we've all heard the stories, you know, go hug a tree and that's earthing or grounding. Well, that's actually a great thing. But a whole, and I didn't believe in any of this when this happened, by the way, when we first started all of this. I called BS on this, that, and the other. I was just, you know, a pretty, you know, what I would think would be a typical person, you know, just kind of, but having the own experiences myself, it's not like, well, I read enough articles. I saw enough videos and listen to podcasts and well, I'm a believer. No, I'm not that guy. It has to happen to me directly. And then it, and then goes from there. And then when I opened up to it, but the focus was, I had to realize that. So when I did the whole psychic thing, well, I'll just make fun of it first. You know, I, I called however many songs on the radio, this all alone at night on just a graveyard shift and a dozen other examples of where I would do stuff like that with nobody around. Nobody knew I was doing it because it was all in my head. And all of a sudden I got to, I'm like, well, wait a minute, that's impossible. What just happened? Well, that then tells me it's not impossible. And I'm such a confident or strong-willed person that I just, well, I held on. I'm like, well, then this is possible. Well, then, and then all of a sudden it would start unfolding. I'd get more into those. I'll have the word energies here. And when I had the realizations, all the other metaphysical stuff turned up just by me. And it wasn't a magic um, yoga pose or meditation I learned. And I'm not dissing those things. I'm just saying it was literally just a realization or aha moment in my head that started the progression and started the, uh, you know, it's kind of snowball going. And then I just proceed from there, which is why. I also started what you know, we talked about, the Shungite beehives. So putting Shungite with beehives, so I'm an organic beekeeper. They, well, pun intended here, a hive mind, similar to the trees. So when I went out there with the bees, I thought, well, let's see if we can chit-chat with a bee. Well, it wasn't a bee that was coming back. It was all of them. The air literally, uh, I don't know, it like sparked. Not, not visually, you couldn't see it, but that's the feeling that it did. They heightened that in there somehow. Um, and then communication happened and it was similar with the trees. There's a few things and it's hard for us to think about them. Now, the first time I ever became aware of, you know, like think of the rush song about the trees and you're thinking, oh, he's just copying Tolkien and giving all these attributes to trees. It's a, it's a fanciful tale. But what I noticed, uh, growing up in East County of San Diego is when, when I was hiking by myself and I went into an Oak Grove, there was a dark, oppressive feeling. I don't remember the kind of oaks. There's only a couple. It's either like a black oak or a live oak. I don't remember, but it is palpable. You can feel, and not like sinister, but nonetheless, you can feel it. 
Now I used to hike through this one oak grove um, because out there, there always is water where the oaks are. I would hike to this other place where there was a relatively really old olive grove, maybe an acre of olives that had been abandoned, totally different feeling. And that's when I began to realize there's something to this. There is a quality, a characteristic that is absolutely palpable and different between this grove and that grove. And that's why I always thought about what the Druids were doing other things, but the bees in the latest research that I have done that I accept, there's an idea that bees are, I think it's fourth dimensional. They're actually a higher dimension than we are. And that is also attributed when you smell, say like a beautiful Jasmine in bloom, that scent is reminiscent of, I think they claim the fourth dimension. Well, I recently heard a guy say, when you go into dream state and he was describing it, and that's why this was interesting to me because of what I just said, you can apparently go into a dream from a chakra. So from a lower or a higher chakra. And then he started to describe, if you hear water, you're at this level in your dream. But one of the ones he described, and I think it was the fourth was if you hear bees, and I thought it was interesting because it matched perfectly with what I'd heard. So I'm just bringing this up because you're a bee guy. Do you accept that the bees are kind of fourth dimensional and how they output? Here's the other thing. How in the hell, like we've talked about it, when that giant hornet attacks the beehive and they're just getting decimated, there's like hundreds of bees with their heads cut off. And all of a sudden, they all just do the same thing and cover up and start vibrating and they cook it. Who gave them the command? Well, what's being claimed is the queen was monitoring. She realized we're in real trouble and she gave the command to the entire hive and she's in the hive. So telepathically or however that works and all the bees all at once did the same thing and they defeat the hornet. So, I mean, you're a bee guy. Do you accept that that's a fourth dimensional thing we're witnessing? Oh yeah. And I actually call it fourth density for a reason as well, but they, they do do that because they're, and that's why how some of them fly as well. They're just like us, though. We're not in our bodies. We're all around it. You know, you can call it aura, biofield or whatnot, but we're not like crammed and stuck inside of this, this vehicle. And neither are the bees. And yeah, so they're in, they hold space in fourth density, which is another frequency. So it's not some away place. That's why I say we're from the word dimensions, because some people think, oh, a hard stop here. There's another block over here called dimension, this, that, and the other. I know you weren't saying that, but often that's a visual we get. So for density, I'm telling you, it's kind of a bleed between two radio stations where you get crossover. And if you realize it, you can focus more. And the bees do do that. So they'll feel something was out of alignment with them, out of frequency. In this case, you're talking about the hornet. It can be a mouse. I've seen that as well. And they'll feel that energy that should not be there. And yeah, they'll start vibrating physically, but that's just their physical body. Your biofield aura I'll just say vibrates, changes frequency or density at the same time. And that's what's killing a, be it a mouse or a wasp or anything like that. Do you accept that it's the queen that is giving the command? Everyone cover up the hornet. No. No. You don't? No, it's it's a group thing. They just, it's just a group awareness. Nobody, so you think it's just a chemical at some point, some bee drops a chemical and they all do what they do. Oh, it's like you've been, we've all had the experience where somebody walks into a room and it changes. Okay. For yeah. whatever reason. Okay. Well, you didn't need somebody to a queen to tell you something changed. Go get the bad guy or the guy out of a line. Nah, the environment changed the frequency. Everyone in that energy field, the hive knew it. So they did what they were supposed to do. So they didn't need an order. It was just 
something out of alignment. It's like I heard bad volunteer in a place and heard some bad music. I turn it down. Well, if it was my place. So no, there was there needed to be no order from the queen. She doesn't give a whole lot of orders, as far as I've perceived. And I've dealt with these for I don't know how long now. They're doing their own thing. Everybody's in alignment. And that's kind of the whole does a bee have free will from your point of view? I mean, they it's a hive mind, I guess that would be the best example. But like an ant colony or a bee colony, do they have free will? The reason I'm asking is because so many sources claim that at higher, whatever you want to call them, dimensions, uh, free will is no longer necessary. Oh, that's an interesting thought. They have the option. So I'll say I'll put it this way: they go on autopilot most of the time, kind of like us. And then occasionally wake up and maybe they, well, I want to be a lazy bee today. I want to go out. Yeah, that's a thing, but it's not all the time. So when I perceive them and I'm looking, there's maybe 50,000, I'm not focusing on them all at once, but 50,000 bees in a healthy beehive, you can tune in to them and feel, and they're all just kind of singing this. I'll just, again, I have to get this out somehow, singing the same song, having the same thoughts. Um, and then, yeah, once one gets out of alignment and changes, it's, it's just different. There's not that in at least that I've perceived that in-depth intellect going on. It's, it's more of a, no, I'm in this vehicle. It wants to, you know, go through the motions and, and do his thing. So, and I, I've never picked up on, and not that you've asked, but a bee turned into a hive. And all of a sudden I like, Oh, that bee is telling me it was Tesla. No, <laughs> I've never heard anything. <laughs> like that. I know. And, so, and yeah, I think I cut off Jason. It's all you, Jason. Well, to step back for a moment, when you said you were communicating with the tree, what was the tree saying to you? Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. And it was more message. And remember, this was completely caught me out of the blue. There was probably good 20. And I felt embarrassed because it started tearing up and I'm not that guy. 20 other strangers behind me. I didn't know. I'm just walking in this grove because it was a unknown area. Um, there was no that. And the tree, it was marked. That's I didn't measure it. That's how I knew how around it was or the diameter. Um, I did it, got up onto it. And then again, that moment happened. And then messages started coming in. So I'm just calling them downloads, but it was appreciation messages. Um, and then things like we're all connected. The stuff you would typically hear in any kind of, you know, metaphysical book that you read by someone like that. And I didn't know all of that, by the way. I just had the experience myself. Again, that point, not knowing, well, sure, the tree's alive. You know, I love these trees, you know, thought about like that. And I literally said that in my head. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, this thing's communicating through me. And then all of a sudden I'm standing there and I just described as pulses started shooting up and down through my body. And I could feel that. And again, I wasn't doing some special meditation I learned or anything like that. I literally went up out of love and actually it's, I got to slow down a little bit because heart chakra is activating now. Just thinking about it. Um, and then when I did it, the messages or communication, it wasn't like, you know, Hey Derek, how you doing? No, it was like, you know, we appreciate it. Thank you. It makes a difference. It matters. Because remember, I was tucking in my head, oh, this is just one tree I get to hook up with this little shungite nugget. And that was what was going through my head beforehand. And they were responding to that. So that that was mind-blowing experience for me there, especially all the feelings that went through it. Because I was like, you know, I better go quick because I don't want somebody to see me actually hugging the tree. They might get a photo and make, you know, whatever's going through my 3D head at the time. So again, it wasn't I was like expecting any of this. Um, but that was messages back. It was appreciation and and we're all connected more than you know, things like that. And it lasted, I don't know, probably a minute uh, I was there. 
All right, so I know we drifted pretty far from reincarnation, but from where the conversation went, the fact that reincarnation seems to be a real thing, it's just one aspect of our greater spirituality, our greater spiritual, as you said before, the multiverse. Is that an accurate statement? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's all, yeah, just a perception thing. Yeah, it, it's, it's, and we're not all stuck, all of us in this vehicle anyway. I mean, that doesn't even make sense if you think about it logically. Um, again, we're a, we're a light being. Another quick add-on, just, and all this does tie together, even though we talked about trees and bees and reincarnation, we are, like you're saying, we're still talking about us as light entities. We exist in what we call our heart chakra, not, not the cholesterol sac we call a brain. Because often people think, well, we, we, we're driving this vehicle around up there. No, we just tend to think that because that's where we're seeing stuff. Um, you know, one of our stronger physical senses. But we actually, you know, we're driving this, what I'm calling a vehicle, your body around from the heart chakra area. And people just knowing that helps it activate. And then you have that realization, and which is why I brought that up. And that's what I used. I had that knowing or understanding and was open to it. And then the, I'll be blunt, the trees communicated through there. Same with the bees as well. Now, there's something I thought of when you had mentioned the tree thing. If you connected to one tree, could you kind of reach out and connect to the rest of the world? Like, are they intertwined on a spiritual level that you could communicate with the whole world? Or does somebody have to be stronger in the force to be able to get that far? No, everybody can do everything and everyone can communicate with any tree. It just has to be a thought in your head and then get emotional about, I don't want to say crying, I'm saying get emotional, realize that's an energy and you can connect. So somebody can, I've been sent a picture of a tree and then you can tune into it. And then again, that tree, if it actually mentioned earlier about from a different grove or a different type of tree, and yeah, they vary and I don't understand all of that, but it does vary. So cedar trees, cedar wood, those are very, I don't know, heightened density. Again, I, I use the words I have, vehicles, because that tree is a vehicle, just like our bodies, but it's for different frequency entity. And they can all communicate through. So it's kind of like, I say, an open chat room through the trees. It's so difficult to talk about it because... Again, I I don't have any background on it either. I'm wondering if I missed your question completely here. Well, saying like when you were connecting to the tree, could someone, not necessarily just you, but if you were connecting with one tree, because there's a root system and all that, do they all intertwine? Does everything all intertwine and communicate? Oh, yeah, but that's not, that had nothing to do with it. I thought, and that was, I thought that as well. Well, it's all connected. It's all touching. That's the physical. I wasn't doing anything physical there other than, so in the same story about hugging the, the redwood, no, that was just the physical part of it. I went all woo-woo in the metaphysical. The other 90% of reality opened up my chakras and energy centers and had that. And it's not something you have to do. It's like trying to say, well, if I'm going to eat this piece of food, I need to focus on my nose for smelling, my te- for smelling and tasting. You don't need to do it. It just experience it. You'll experience it all at once. And just knowing that makes it more heightened. And then it it just kind of went from there. Gotcha. All right. So we should probably get back to actual reincarnation, although I love all these topics. And as I was trying to get to earlier, it's part of the greater spiritual existence that we are a part of. And the physical reality is only a tiny part of whatever the multiverse is, for lack of better terms. So let's just do an easy, straightforward question. Well, maybe not easy, but straightforward question. Why do we come back here? 
And is there a first life? Are we progressing in some way? I know that certain spiritual traditions will say things like, you have to advance till you don't have to anymore because you're learning spiritually. You're dealing with karma is, is one term that's thrown out there. Why would we come back over and over again? It's usually a choice thing. If, unless, again, you believe in some belief system that says you're doing this, that, and the other, and you hang on to that when you transition, then it is what it is. So if, if you're stuck in that belief, but no, you don't have to. And there's no level. I've never seen what we sometimes call the beginning. Like what started it all? I'm, I'm, it doesn't. It's just like it's all there at once. So I don't even know how to explain that one. I've never seen an actual starting point. And we have, as long as you get, I'll just kind of make, don't drink too much Kool-Aid in this life. You'll have, you'll real, have the realization and then options when you do pass. Um, and I've seen it go just so many different ways. And if somebody's, you know, been told that this is going to happen, they, they have to go through this process and that's just whatever stuck in their head. So I've had a few uh, communication moments where I was at, I'll just have to be blunt by an, an I like the term spirit guys, like I said, um, where they say, you know, that one's still working through things. So, you know, don't try and communicate yet sort of thing. So, you know, then I step back because um, I don't want to you know push too hard. So, but I never, I've never seen it to where you have to do anything. And we usually do it because like, let's call it a school. Like this place is often called, well, we go to school because you want to expand your understanding. You can always learn in a different way. That's why it's good to listen to different documentaries, listen to different podcasts, different points of view, and then only take what sounds good to you, what feels right at that time, but be open to that changing as your understandings evolve. And that's what I had to get right with as well, because I had some hard set beliefs that kind of limited me. And we talked about one of them, which was time earlier, but other things, once I got out of that belief system, things expanded. Um, there are no, no more limits, but you don't, and everybody can reincarnate. It, it's a choice thing when they do and, or again, or if they get stuck into a, what I'm just calling belief systems, where they're forcing you to that understanding. So when you get to the other side, your body that you were most currently inhabiting passes away. Is there like a group think kind of thing? Like, are you faced with Dumbledore and you're going to have a conversation about things? Or is it that you're reconnecting to the greater all and you're figuring that out on your own? Like, oh, okay, I see where I screwed up. I should probably go and try and work on that. And it's all done on your own in the greater being that you are. You don't go anywhere, of course. So there's no, and I know you weren't exactly saying that anyway. So what so often, and I've seen where the person passes, they, and I see their spirit form, their, their themselves, look down at the vehicle, okay, well, well, that was it, I'm out of that. And then you work, it, it's your, again, I just have the word of imagination because that's what it is. You just give a thought, it's also called telepathy, thought, and then that's who you communicate with. Because it's no different than me trying to communicate with somebody here in this life just by focusing on them. And we've all done that too. We've thought about our brother, sister, grandma, whoever, and all of a sudden they called us or texted us or that kind of deal. Um, it's the same there. So you don't have to, you know, get your footing again. You, you realize you wake up, you realize, and I don't mean you were asleep, but you wake up in the realization that, Oh, that's right. I got out of that vehicle again, that body's done. And then wherever you're at in your understandings at that moment is what you perceive. Um, again, so it's, that's why, you know, they, I don't I don't really join too many clubs down here because there's good stuff in a lot of different understandings I've I've read, but a lot of them twist it to some 3D story that, that keeps you in set beliefs. I was just say experience. 
I would never, and that, I'm always being careful with my words here because I don't want to preload somebody or say, this is what happens when you pass, blah, blah, blah. Well, often, as long as you're open to it, yeah, other entities that have passed before you, your mom, your dad, your grandma, grandma whatever the deal is, they're there just to meet you. And there's no place you go. It's, it might, when I see it visually, I don't see any background. So I'm just seeing the entity. So I don't even know what to tell you on that one. I just perceive the individuals. And it's not like they're in a place. So then uh, the only word I can say is they're in a frequency. So what do you think about this? I was told recently, and Jason knows who I'm referring to by an adept, that I was, I came back against my will. That's what I, that's what I was told. Uh, Yeah, there's some accuracy to that. You were kind of, kind of forced to, and not forced isn't, oh, I'm going to twist your, your etheric arm and, and, you know, make you do this, but forced to in the sense that you didn't get to complete I'm going to be a little vague here. Some of the stuff that you wanted to in your last incarnation. So then, you know, air, air quotes, you're forced to do it. So no, you were not. It's a play of words. You were forced because you were limited. It's like if I went to took one of the college courses I've done and I, you know, I kind of just played on my phone the whole time. But then I realized, oh, wait, I kind of needed to know that information. Okay. Well, was I forced to do it again? So you, I've never seen it where you're forced, but you know, I haven't seen everything other than convinced i think convinced is the better actually forced is the wrong word i used that word that's not how yeah it's not how it was told to that i was it was against my will but not in a forceful way almost like i still had the option not to but i did it not wanting to you didn't want to stay where you were and i'm similar as well by the way um to where let's say and there's so much this level goes out so far yeah you were restricted after your last life, and then the way for you, and they call it different things like karma down here, by the way. Um, and I have no training on that other than what I've perceived. So it's like putting a meal in front of me from, from another country. Don't tell me what's in it. I'm just going to try the thing. And, and it is what it is. And on that karma part, which does find reincarnation, once I got people to realize that karma is energy, we're light beings that can affect energy, just having, having that aha moment. And then I'm like, well, here's how you do it. It's, and then you remove it and you can release, you can, you don't have to hold on to energies. Then you don't have those restrictions. And then they go by different words, attachments. Some people claim they've said, well, I have this implant and I perceive it. I'm like, well, it's not even physical. It's energy. It's so, I mean, I guess you can call it an implant. So it's always a play of words on who I'm talking to. And the four things, yeah, you weren't, you wanted to get back down into one of these vehicles where you could wake up again in some of the terms we use grow. So you, to where you're going to access, which is why you're doing what you're doing. That's why both of you are on the podcast, sharing this information. You're in again, putting yourself in situations, reminded, because this is far from your guys' first time around here, and then you wake up to these moments, and then you expand. That's how we really do it. And there's nothing set to do. It's just to experience. A lot of you think we're here to save somebody. We're here to save the world. Everybody, you know, we're all supposed to do this. And, uh, you're, you're here to change your own space. Uh, that's, that's the other thing is this idea. I've heard it expressed so many times by people that I would count as adepts, where as human beings, we see things we think they shouldn't be doing. And so we intervene or we do what we do, where there the adept idea is just leave it alone. That person has to work that out. That's why they're doing it. And it's hard to think that way when you see someone doing something you're pretty sure they shouldn't be doing. But uh, we're near the top of the hour. Oh, I wanted to mention too, I was in a Bible study 
a serious Bible study and I was seriously going at it and I got thrown out for simply making the observation because reincarnation had come up. And I said, well, in this study, we're being taught that when we die and we go to heaven and we're alive, so we died and now we're alive in heaven. I said, isn't that a little bit like reincarnation? And they chucked me out the door for uh, bending their their rule, their belief system, I guess. But we are at the top of the first hour, Derek. So take a moment to tell folks one more time where they can find you and your work. Sure. And I'll spell the address out this time because it is kind of an odd name, but it's Mystical Wares, which is M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-L-W-A-R-E-S.com. Um, and then there's just a lot of stuff available on there. Even, and we even give out free Shungi um, for beekeepers that want to try it on their hives if they're interested. I'm double checking. We have a link to you, I think, on the sponsors page, don't we? Yeah, I think there is. And they can just click on that as well. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Okay. So on this, on the third road down all the way to the left is a mystical wares. And so when we do the giveaway on Sundays, we've still been doing that, haven't we? Cause Rose kind of keeps track of it. Have we still been doing that, Derek? I know that we still we're ready to do it. Actually, my daughter Olivia on my end has been doing it as well. So <laughs> I can't answer that either, but oh yeah, you're still keep doing the giveaways. Um, we, we love gifting, of course. So basically what we do, uh, uh, if you're a subscriber to the full episode, a name gets chosen once a week and the gifts that get given come from Mystical Wares, just so people know. Um, Jason, anything you want to add in before we wrap up hour one and prep up for hour two? Are we still doing a discount based off of that link as well that people should know about? Yeah. Oh, you guys have a coupon code, Crow777. They get 10% off their entire order and that's forever. So they can use that time and time again, any order as often as they want and share it. But Crow Triple Seven would be the coupon code that they enter at checkout. So uh, unless they're, I think I need to change what's on my sponsored page because I don't. Th- actually, there used to be two images. Now I'm remembering. I'll, I'll have to update that. So there is a discount at Mystical Wares if you use Crow Triple Seven. So that's C R R O W seven 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 is your coupon code. With that, we're going to wrap up hour one. Hour one is free to everybody at crow triple seven radio.com. That is C R R O W seven 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 radio.com. Members know to log in for the full two hour episode. Members also get access to all the forums, to comments under every episode, and free access to the award winning film called Shoot the Moon. It has 10 awards out on the circle. Last two came from India, Jaipur, and somewhere else. And it has all my telescope work in it, lunar waves, the sun we don't see, everything pretty much that I shot that is interesting is in the film. With that, we're going to prep up for hour two, and I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. I hope to see you on the other side, logged in as a member. There it is, man. Cheers.
belief is the enemy. Is the enemy.